two weeks in a row, which is where it's always a good start. Uh, yeah. Back on the line with Shay, it's uh, midnight where I am, and it's about, what, 10.30 in Connect- 10.30. Connecticut? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit earlier than I usually do them, but uh feel good about it. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I've got the beers here to drink for both of us, because, you know, there's a... There's a, there's a there's a minimum, <laughs> minimum drinks limit on the pod, and I'm gonna go with. I'm just gonna cover it, cover it for both of us. So, my jug of tea is smaller this week, but it's still being drank. So, um, <laughs> the caffeine versus the beers, you know. Yeah, we'll yeah. see how that takes. I'm sure I'll be more lively during the second podcast of the scheduled podcast. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll and I'm, I might be three or four beers deep by then. So, yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess liveliness, uh, it'll start pretty early for me since we're going to talk college football first. And um, I guess we might as well, since we're both Oregon alums, we might as well start with that one. Since that was like actually one of the bigger games on the schedule for the weekend where a lot of a lot of the big teams had cupcake games. But the Ducks and the Tig- Auburn Tigers were probably the premier matchup being they, they put it in AT&T Stadium down in Dallas and all, all that showmanship that goes with it, game day, all that stuff. Definitely. Uh, it was uh, um, the crown jewel of the first week of college football. Um, only ranked matchup. You know, there's a few more this week, but that was obviously. And it was, again, like the Pac-12's chance at relevancy this season, I think. <laughs> so we can get into it a little bit. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're um, a little bit more passionate when it comes to the Ducks. So a little bit of a heartbreaker for you and us, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, we were talking about a college pickums off air before we started. The, the um, uh, not that we're sponsored or have any affiliation with anyone, but just the ESPN college pickums. We don't, don't don't mind saying what it is. Um, yeah. So my pickum name this year is Dyer was down because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> because we so you so because we payback nev- was needed. What's that? Payback was needed from the 2011 national championship. Yes, game. very sorely needed. Um, still, I, I still can feel the hangover almost of that night. Um, <laughs> when, yeah. when I go into the deep dark recesses of my mind, it's there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot. There was a lot of history going into the game, and then all that fucking shit about Bo Nix being there at the game. Like, there's just all this. It, Auburn and Oregon don't have any history apart from that game, but it was such a, yeah. such a, you know, it was a real close fought championship game. It was Oregon's first. Uh, Cam Newton finishing off his big Heisman year, going into the NFL where he's had a up and down career, but he has had good moments. Uh, so there's a lot, lot of history going into this game, and and for Oregon, it was both a chance for some retribution for 2011, where you know, depending on what you look at, and Dyer was down. Uh, but <laughs> even you know it was a non-call whatever and it was a heartbreaking loss and um, don't take anything away from Auburn it's just what it is it's sports but um yeah for us it was a chance to get back and have it and this year is the first of the, ye- the years that we were talking about last week on the pod how Oregon are now in this moment where we're getting good recruiting classes we've got a coach that seems to be uh long haul and we're, we're hoping this was going to be the first step towards uh this this momentum building over the next couple of years with the program result on paper yeah it's fine um how it went down however is uh (laughs) (laughs) where the heartbreak begins so i don't know where do we start do we start with uh saying how good they were to start with it's yeah i guess we could start there um just touching on you brought up the coaching staff and the energy that's been brought into the program with crystal ball i just think like when you have a player's coach 
like that, you are a little bit more susceptible to a comeback win like that when you're kind of like a former player. You know, Bill Belichick's not going to let his teams do that. And I know that's a huge jump up to what we're doing, but he's an X's and O's guy, you know? Yeah. A player's coach. Wait, Bill Belichick yeah. is coming to Oregon? Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> I'm sure the Ducks fans would be happy. I don't know. I don't actually think many of them would be because everyone is not a big Yeah, I don't think a lot of people like. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people like him, but he would definitely win. So I think the Ducks fans would get over that pretty quick. Um, I just think when you you like a player's coach because he can bring in a lot of talent and he can get those top ten recruiting classes, but from a schematic advantage um, point of view, I guess they don't really have it or. Yet, I guess, because I, I think the Ducks were totally outcoached in the second half, and that's kind of part of it. Yeah, yeah, they started off hot and um, got the what, they were fourteen. I think they were either fourteen. Were, it was either fourteen zero or fourteen three pretty early. Um, I should have the sets. I, I watched most of the game actually because I was I had the chance to while I was uh, working. Uh, air quotes and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everything you know, and, and Auburn looked really, really dysfunctional on offense, and then that they can't say they ever actually looked completely like they had it going any time in the game. It just it obviously got there in the end. Uh, but yeah, Oregon, and then uh, that <laughs> the one I come the moment I come back to in this, uh, I tweeted a few things about. I think I probably said it in the group chats we had going as well about Stanford last year. Kept on coming back into mind. As soon as we were down on the in the red zone, fourteen uh, three with the chance, at, well, we were, we were about to go up twenty one to three. It seemed, and then there was the eighty three yard fumble return, which put uh, put Auburn into. Luckily, we uh, the defense, Oregon's defense, actually played a great game most of the day. Got a bit gassed towards the end, but um, they held off and held them to that field goal, so it was fourteen six. But it still felt like a little bit of a momentum turn because Auburn had suddenly gone well. We should be down. We should be almost out of this game already. But we're actually down only by one possession. If you know two, mm-hmm. point, two point conversion um, scenario. So um, that was the first thing. Because Stanford last year, we had the same situation where we had the touchdown ruled uh, ruled out because uh, I think his arm crossed the ball crossed the lo- uh, sideline before mm-hmm. it went over the pylon, like a matter of millimeters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's conversion apps for that. Um, and then, and then, obviously, there was the high snap, and then Stanford um, scooped and scored, and suddenly it changed the game. And it felt like the same thing had happened here. Luckily, the defense held out, and it didn't. It didn't seem like as big at the m- at the time, but in my head, because I'm a pessimistic sports fan in these moments, I straight away just started thinking that we didn't need to do that. Or we're going to stay. Yeah. It's going to turn into a game where they're going to just be right behind us, and if we don't take our opportunities, they're going to they're going to get that chance. And yeah, the second half came around, and it just. We we got that early touchdown, but ne- we never felt it started feeling like we were ho- trying to hold on rather than win the game. And yeah, I never like a game that, that starts going that way. It's de- yeah, it's definitely not where you want to be. Um, <laughs> when you're playing not to lose, you're going to lose. And obviously, having a fourteen three lead, fourteen six lead at half, and then twenty one six, like that's a lead in the second half that you know you should be able to hold on to with a Heisman candidate number one. You know first pick probably um next season so i don't know what really happened other than maybe the oregon line started to get worn down a little bit on both sides of the ball just playing against an sec team you know that 14-0 score in the fourth quarter that's something Mm -hmm. that might be looked at as pac-12's weakness against a bigger stronger sec team 
like just looking at the ducks, they seem smaller. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I know they're. You did say that they've in always the group chat as well. You just said they looked smaller, um, and mm-hmm. there is there is part of that. But it, even if it is actually minute margins between the teams, if it overall each player has got that little bit more size, it does it can grind you down um, as well as just yeah the the SEC. That's just their, that's their brand, really. Well, and I think the. F- you know, the first half was defined by quarterback play. Um, Knicks looked out of sorts, didn't look comfortable at all um, in this scenario. But that second half, you know, something about him just seemed to kick on. And he seemed like he grew a lot just in a half, just with playing college football. So it's frustrating for the Ducks, but, uh, you know, it's a memorable moment for that kid who's probably going to be starting down there for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, and there was um, you was just going back to what you were talking about the lines being gassed. Uh, it, it was funny. Um, Oregon fans, we used to just pride ourselves on how we used to be able to up the tempo and um, in the Chip Kelly mm-hmm. Chip Kelly era back when he could coach football. Um, I love Chip still. I just, no, just had to get that out there because UCLA had crap at the moment. Um, oh yeah, but. There was that moment where, where Auburn actually scored their first touchdown on that play, where Oregon was still trying to get line, uh, guys off the field, and and there was, and they just left a, a receiver open, um, and it was only it was just man 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 on man coverage, and obviously the rec- he, he just trucked the guy and and yeah. scored, and and that was and that was all to do with Auburn doing what we used to do back in the again the Kelly era where our tempo was just so high that the other team couldn't make their adjust uh, their movements on and off the, their substitutions quick enough. And, you know, full credit to them. I, don't, I have no problem with the team being able to do that. Um, it just sucked being on the other end of it because we, for so many yeah. years, were the team that did that. To, and, and yeah, our, 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 our defense did look gassed. You could see they were on their haunches a bit and they, were, they, looked, they looked like they weren't, they wanted to get off the field rather than compete, which is, you know, it's totally understandable because they were put under some pressure and held up, held up really well for most of the game. But, yeah, it um, it showed that they, they still do have some work to do. Yeah, and it's hard for a team to go, you know, whatever Oregon did last year. You know, they weren't in the, in the talk. It's hard for them to just go from that to a top-four team in just a season, you know, regardless of recruiting class and – um, you know, I think a lot of other teams have caught up with that up-tempo um, style, so it's time for Oregon to catch up on size. I think Cristobal mm-hmm. will do that because, you know, he's a former lineman, so he's committed to that, correct? I think yeah. he's a former lineman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <he's laughs> on the spot. yeah I know he's, he, he is. He does seem to be trying to get into that um, heartland of a few more of the uh, trying to grab recruits from a few of those spots where Oregon never used to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, trying to get those bigger, bigger bodies, and there's a few, few of the big recruits they're getting over the last six to twelve months seem to be those kind of guys, rather than you know, back Chip Kelly was a little bit more flashy players, which worked for what uh, going at the time. But yeah, Cristobal does seem to be trying to get that Oregon team to be a bit more of a be able to battle in the trenches with, you know, hypothetically with Alabama or Clemson and. In a couple of years, that's where that's obviously where the program wants to be, and that's where he seems to be trying to build it towards. Obviously, you know, Alabama yeah. are always going to be Alabama. They're always going to get probably the premium of those recruits, but still plenty of talent out there. So that's what that's what they seem to be building for. And you know, in hindsight, when you look at the score and the fact it was a top top, um, you know, a ranked matchup, and to lose on the last ten seconds touchdown isn't 
isn't the worst thing in the world. It's just it, it is how it went down. It really, you know, that first half was obviously great, and then going up by uh, a couple of touchdowns early in the third quarter felt like we were about to break the back again, but we just couldn't quite get that next score that would really, really do it. So, um, member of the pod, Vince was down there, <laughs> and I think he, yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he, he I, th- I think at the end of the game, he he was not wanting to ever travel again to get just because he's been to both championship games um he was at the auburn championship game um originally in ohio state as well and a couple of other heartbreaking one big games so he's he's certainly he's copped it but the next morning he texted me and said no i'm good i'm I'm gonna travel again (laughs) yeah Yeah. beer is an immediate post-match anger is somewhere where we've all been repeatedly and will be again for the rest of our lives because it's just what it is but yeah um Maya, uh, we were talking about it off pod. I'm not not a big gambler. I don't put too much money on games, but yeah, uh, my my betting app here had a uh, Oregon at plus four, and then paying two dollars fifty five for the outright win. So I put I put ten dollars each way on both, and for most of the game, it looked like I was both going to get the coverage and the win. And then yep. towards the end of the game, I'm thinking, oh, they're at least going to cover because they're just going to lose a field goal probably. And then they had Bo Nix had to just fucking do that <laughs> and yeah. take away because if they'd at least covered it would have made my money back and some so it's just gambling is terrible and i'm going to keep doing it because i'm a terrible person but <laughs> yeah they say when you're picking the dog you better hope that the underdog's gonna win you know mm. so if you're getting four you better hope that oregon's gonna win because games like yeah it just kind of broke the wrong way for you yeah so i thought it was three and a half here but it, 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 yeah. it was just my app here, but it was Bet365 in Australia, well, it's at 12 yeah. obviously. One of my professors asked that, he asked me if I thought Oregon would win. I was like, eh, I don't know, I picked them, but I don't know. And he was like, will they cover? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I don't know if they're going to win, I doubt they cover. It's yeah. always my like, but I'm not much of a gambler. I like talking about betting and like formulating a plan with someone who bets, but like... I don't trust myself enough because I'll be like, of course, like go all in on Clemson this week with <laughs> Texas A&M and be like, lose it immediately. But yeah, um, yeah, betting on your favorite teams never, uh, never fun. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It hasn't gone that well for me many times ever in my life, to be honest. Um, so I bet actually, I did, <laughs> the only time I've bet on a Super Bowl the Patriots have been in was I just happened to bet against them in the Philadelphia one last year. So. That actually worked for me in a weird way, you know, it's that whole, like, I'm going to bet against them just in case, because either way I'll be happy. Yeah. Well, I won't be happy. 50-50 split. Yeah, yeah I'd still always rather and win, but I had my boost in my betting account, so it was, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rest of the college football landscape, it wasn't too much to Notre Dame struggled for a while and then pulled away, and you could kind of say that's the same story for most of the other big teams. Um it was a little bit. Yeah. Oh, 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 no, no worries. Uh, one more thing. There was some schadenfreude <laughs> on my part. We did talk about Willie Taggart last week. Yeah, and, the comeback. And uh, and it worked out perfectly for me. So, um, I don't know. He, how long's how long's he in the job for down there? Because it seems to, if you, I mean, last year Twitter wasn't the FSU Twitter, which I um, perused at some times just to get some you know, happy feels in my, in my, in my tummy. Um, well, they're bad regardless of how good they are. Like yeah. that Twitter base is terrible. Um, but it is, 
it's not a good look to uh, to have a, the season they had last year and then to start off. And they <laughs> he had they had the big lead at half and then that Boise and Boise State and I slash uh, obviously Oregon fans have got a a wonderful um, memory of Boise State from years back. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. But that, um, uh, I don't know if you saw much of the game, but no, I just I saw highlights and just and just had a chuckle. Yeah. That was, I mean, yeah, that fumble down by the goal line with the Seminole trying to pick it up rather than fall on it kind of yeah. decided the game. So I don't know how much Taggart is to blame for that coaching job or like because it was just kind of that fun if he picks up that fumble it's a whole different game rather than trying to scoop and take it a bit but i don't think they would he would be on the hot seat after one game i think they have to see how he's going to do it in the acc again but i know you guys want him on the hot seat but (laughs) (laughs) i was just in my head i'm going damn you for being reasonable in your response but no, I, I, mean, I, yeah, I was a genuine question. I just wondered what the what the talk is over there about um, following such a disappointing first season and 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 then starting off with a quite a um, alarming uh, comeback loss is just. I yeah. I just saw on the bottom line that he said that dehydration was to blame. I mean that's a cop out, but yeah, that's another like, <laughs> <laughs> but. God damn Other it. than that, I mean, it hasn't been a main talking point over yeah. here, really. Like, it was kind of like, because I thought, it's like, oh, Florida State's back because they were getting good quarterback play. And that mm. was the key. Last year, they didn't have that. Um, I think their quarterback got hurt right away. Maybe I'm confusing a couple seasons ago. But that was their big thing is that if they can get solid quarterback play, they might rip off nine wins this season. Mm. So if they hit nine wins after last year, I don't think it'll be a problem for him. But if they kind of regress in their quarterback play, I don't think their quarterback play was the reason that this happened. Their defense just couldn't stop Boise State in the second half. So. Yeah. And there is a, there's parts you some teams when they get on a roll. And yeah, and and, and again... Like Momentum's said, huge. It, it wasn't like they lost to a real known, like a known, uh, like a, you know, one of those cupcake schedulers you do. Boise State yeah. is one of those teams that um has tripped over plenty of teams in the last 10 years, so... Uh, yeah, I'm not. I certainly not expecting him to get fired in the next two months or anything <laughs> like that. But if he went like somehow and lost the next three or four games, then he'd be in real, a lot of trouble. But I think they'll probably come back good. I think they'll uh, end up in the rankings this season. Actually, yeah. if they can't sustain that quarterback play, and also it's week one. Like we have no idea how good Florida State is supposed to be or Boise State is supposed to be. I mean, neither of them are in the rankings, but Boise State could end up in the top 15 at the end of the season. We just have no idea where they are because it's week one. Yeah, we, I mean, that we was don't have a resume to build off of. Yeah. So it's, um, I think they do have a freshman quarterback, so that's a that's a pretty big deal that he went down there and uh, won in uh, Doak Walker for, I think that's the name of the stadium. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went down there for in his first ever start. That's pretty... So big week for freshman, true freshman quarterback starting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> against against big programs. Yeah, yeah. Not, not such a big week for guys that are doctors, uh, Heisman smokies. Um, I guess yeah, because there was um, uh, not that I've seen great uh, footage of any of the other big games, but um, you know, guys like you know uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of was outshot. What's the? Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. The, the running back for uh, Clemson. I didn't think of it. I don't watch Clemson a lot because I'm 
mad about how good they are, and I just know they're going. <laughs> I used to do that with Alabama, and I watched the first half of Alabama this week. But you know, once they start get roll, start to get rolling, it's just impossible to stop. Yeah. So it just like seems like another Clemson Alabama final, but. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, just while I'm I'm trying to think of the the guy's name, something Etienne uh, is for some reason comes to my head. Um, uh, but uh, on teams that could shake that up, how did you how did you feel about Jalen Hurts started at Oklahoma? Um, I thought it was obviously electric, and he definitely put himself in the conversation for the university's third straight Heisman <laughs> Trophy, which would be unheard of. The Oklahoma um, Heisman at this point. I also, I like, I kind of, I 75% liked his demeanor after the game because mm-hmm. he was, like, Holly Rowe was trying to get him to answer, like, talk about, like, he put up some pretty eye-popping stats, broke records. You know, I think he was, like, their first quarterback to go for over 350 yards and 150 on the ground mm-hmm. in the same game at Oklahoma which is crazy with Kyler and Baker there, but yeah, um, he was just disappointed after the game. He was like, he was like, we need to work on this. Like we, you know, and he just kept, like, he couldn't say anything positive about the performance and Holly was doing her job and really trying to get, you know, him to like be happy about a huge win for them. And he just wouldn't say anything. And I, kind of felt like he was playing it up to the camera a little bit, like trying to be the tough guy, but mm-hmm. also that's what you want your quarterback to be. So 75% cool with that. Yeah, so no, I did, a, I did actually watch that. And yeah, he was, she kind of, she asked the question, then he came back and said, you know, I'm just with, like, we got a lot of work to do. And she said, but you had a great day, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, but this all sucked kind of. And it was, yeah, I, I had the same thought. I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, I don't know if he's trying to, trying to do it for the camera a little bit to uh you know both talk to the fans and the team about you know to the fans i'm gonna work as hard as i can to get like there's a lot more work mm. we need to do and then to the players to say you know i'm not i'm not gonna make it all about myself well i want to make it about you guys and that we need more work to do i don't yeah mostly happy with it i guess is uh, but a great start to a guy that's um you know, obviously there's a lot of eyes on him transferring over there and 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 then all the talk is that he could be a potential third straight heisman down there which Stupid, weird place for the third straight Heisman to come from. I mean, not not that Oklahoma's no slouch in college football, but you just always look at. You wouldn't think they'd be the team to get three straight Heisman's when you know Alabama and Clemson are winning the national titles, but it is how it goes sometimes. Yeah, it seems like Lawrence is to lose this season, but Tua is also in the mix. I guess I don't yeah. know. Lawrence is more impressive to me than Tua. I don't know why. I'm just more more afraid of uh, Lawrence. I don't. know. Probably just because of last year's championship game, but I don't know. Yeah. I think he's probably the front runner right now, but Hurts to a all in the mix, and I'm excited to see what Georgia can do. I think they can maybe potentially win the SEC, but mm. uh, week one, kind of a cupcake opponent. Tough to tough to say. Yeah. So speaking of like Trevor, I'd looked up the guys. I. There's a reason I knew it was Etienne and something French. It was Travis Etienne is the uh, Clemson running back, and he had mm-hmm. two, 205 yards with three touchdowns. And um, there's just a lot of talk this week after the game is how he's he's kind of overshadowed Trevor Lawrence a little bit because Lawrence had an okay game, but it was it wasn't anything. You know, it wasn't uh, you know the Johnny Football ma- Mania kind of quarterback play that 
kind of sets up your Heisman resume a little bit. So that that might be the thing that whether uh, if you have a running back at, you know, Lawrence might have a great year and then you have this running back have this just outstanding year that kind of takes the shine away from you. And that, that could be the could be what kind of help, helps decide the Heisman a little bit because often the Heisman comes down to just being the outright star on a team mm-hmm. um, that just just does all the – like even if obviously it's been game, lots of work being done by plenty, but you know, Mariota's year, Heisman year for Oregon was just astounding good play that you take it, it – just it, the year's completely different. Whereas, you know, like if this guy has a year, like he started with 200 yards, three touchdowns, if mm. he has a year that continues on in that vein, he might take that shine off of Lawrence, and that, and and then Lawrence might have to elevate his play to a to a point that and, yeah. And then if he's out of the game at halftime of a lot of these games too, that that's a factor too. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that hurts Steph. Um, that one year, uh, when they when he wasn't playing fourth quarters and then yeah for the Warriors in the NBA, but um, yeah, and they definitely have the possibility of ending up splitting votes like Leinart and. Bush used to do or did for a couple of years at USC. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think they both won, <laughs> but <laughs> but they also split votes, so it's not like an outright winner. And then when there's another, and USC was just so much better than everybody else back then, so they mm-hmm. could still split votes, and one of them would win. But this year, if two Clemson guys split votes, then it's probably two a uh, or a Jalen Hurts or a Herbert if if the Ducks can get back on track. Um, yeah. A little bit. I'm sure he'll throw. I don't know. Does Oregon play this week? Yeah. If they do, I'm sure they're Nevada. playing like Nevada. South Dakota State. Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He'll probably throw for six touchdowns and put himself <laughs> back in the mix. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't see any clear challenger right now. Um. We can kind of get into this week's games. Um. LSU Texas is obviously huge. It's regional. Those two states touch. Um. Whoever wins that game will put themselves in the mix. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal down there. No, no, it's, it's just those two states touch just sounds like the start of a bad 80s romantic song. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There's a power ballad in there somewhere. But if you look at all college football rivalries, it's like the states yeah. touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, Oregon and Oregon and Washington touch and we hate each other. So, <laughs> yeah. Totally. Definitely. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. Um, yeah, not traditional rivals, but like, like Baton Rouge and Austin are, aren't that far apart, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a day's drive probably, but like, yeah. not that far apart when you think about it. And it's just two such big programs too. And you know, Texas are in a similar like they've had a few years, few years that were really bad by Texas football standards, and they're you know in the top ten now and and looking to get back to playing Texas football. So. <laughs> It was terrible. I'm, I half was like, I'm going to start next. And I was like, no, don't do that, David. It's just, it's <laughs> a bad idea. Um, yeah, yeah no, I mean, they yeah. have to do a lot more for me to prove that they're the top ten team. I guess, but yeah, my memory is kind of short when it comes to college football um, these days because last year I was either covering college football at Memorial Stadium or like covering something else, so I don't remember Texas' return to glory really. <laughs> so. They seem pretty highly – I mean, they're like Notre Dame. They're like a lot of these other teams that have a lot of history. If they are if they have some hype rolling in, they're going to be overhyped. Yeah. So yeah. you have to live up to it. So this will be a perfect chance for them to do it. Um, I don't know if it's at a neutral field or not, but um, I know 
Texas is the home team. It would seem like it should be at a neutral field, but maybe they're just playing at Texas. No, no it's in Austin. Nice. Yeah, and which is always fun for uh, just just the spectacle of it um, as a college football fan. You know, that's you kind of love them or hate them. Like anytime Texas are on against another, re- re- even if Texas are just playing a cupcake game, like if they're on TV, I'll turn it on just to just to watch. But you know, that's a yeah, that's going to be a big day down there in Austin for a city that um, knows how to party. <laughs> party anyway. Yeah. Um, and they serve beer at, um, they're one of the college football stadiums that serves beer. So it'll be rowdy, 7.30 yeah. kick, a lot, lot of Southern folk out there. <laughs> LSU knows how to party. I like. I know that from their baseball fans in Omaha. Mm-hmm. And uh, like they show up to Omaha even when LSU isn't there to party. So... <laughs> They'll they'll be there in Austin, you know. I know Matthew McConaughey will be there, so yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, all right, all right. It'll be <laughs> it'll be a good one. Yeah, and yeah. This slate's way better um, than last week. You know, we actually have a good. Um, I'm gonna start saying Eastern times. I said the five five o'clock Sports Center last night in one of my classes, and people were like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Like <laughs> five o'clock is when PTI come or uh, went around the horn comes on. So at three thirty kick for. Um, Texas A&M at Clemson. That'll mm-hmm. be, it's 12 versus one. So that'll be a good one. Hopefully that'll be a real test of, you know, Yo, an SEC against, um, you know, the powerful Clemson offense. So I think Lawrence will have to put up stats if they're going to win that game. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I was just about to say, we're talking about Heisman stuff and, and games that, you know, there's, they talk about your resume games and stuff like that, both as a program going into playoffs as well as uh, individual award winners. And, yeah, the, the game against a top 15 team in Texas A&M and, you know, rivals, that's the kind of game that you, uh, you know, you'd, you'd probably expect that the quarterback's going to be in there for most of the game because it's gonna, not going to be a blowout. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's the kind of game that you'd expect Trevor Lawrence to be, if he's going to win or even be in the discussion this year, that's the kind of game he's got to put his stamp on. And as well as this, uh, that Etienne, the running back, he's going to have to um, back up his performance last week in, in a game that's not going to be handed to him as, as easily as that one was either. So, yeah, I, I can't say I have too much of a barometer on A&M so far this year, but um, obviously a tough matchup. So, yeah, that's one. That, I just yeah. This just feels like one of those Clemson ends up beating them by, like, 31 points <laughs> games to me. Like, honestly, like... And I've been very wrong before. So maybe he won't be in there for the fourth quarter. He'll be very wrong again, but Clemson's so good, and this is just one of those where it's the, I, they're going to make a statement, I think, mm-hmm. and just be like, you know, a Texas A&M, I think, linebacker or defensive lineman came out to start the week. I think um, Labor Day said there's going to be an upset this week, and it's like, hmm, <laughs> don't poke the tiger. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that, those are the defending national champions mm-hmm. at home, I think. I don't think yeah, that's it a is, play. Uh, it, I always have to home, ask yeah. that. So in Death Valley, like, I don't know, yeah. 31, I'd say. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the spread is right now, but I'd say take the uh, take Clemson with the points. <laughs> yeah, I might. Well, uh, while, while we're chatting, I might see if I'll get my bet, betting app open and see if there's any, any line to, lines are on there yet for me to look at. But, um. Yeah, uh, seventeen and a half for Clemson oh, in <laughs> in America. So well, there you go. Like m- maybe it, maybe it, maybe it will be the uh, Trevor Lawrence statement game, but he'll only need three quarters for it. You know, 
And that's, you know, if he has the kind of game where he, you know, it, maybe it's tight to start with and he blows it open with a good second and third, we have four or five touchdown passes or um, that's the kind of game. Like, it doesn't matter how long it takes, but that this is certainly the kind of game I'd be expecting him to to show what, you know, why he's touted as one of the great quarterback prospects to ever come out of college. This is the kind of game he needs to put his stamp on. So, Yeah, and yeah. I think it will be close, like, over that first quarter, but then they'll it'll be one of those games where it's like, they're winning by 10, they're winning by ten, and then they score right before half, and they're up seventeen, and the game's like basically completely over. They come out and they like have the, they have the ball at the start of the third quarter because that's what always happens. And no, like Texas A&M gets a field goal to start the third. It's like oh, they cut it to two uh, two touchdown game, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then yeah, commentators doing their best. To, and then to Trevor play. Lawrence just drives the ball right down the field and it's like okay, yeah, it's over. <laughs> It just definitely has a feel of like that kind of game. So yeah, it's um, a good thing we're not getting paid to spruce these games because we can just talk about it honestly. <laughs> honestly, a good bet would be I think like Oregon is minus twenty four <laughs> against <laughs> Nevada, and I think they're going to want to come out and you know home opener, rebound after that loss, put up a bunch of points, and I don't think Nevada's anything special so that might not be a bad bet <laughs> yeah no i might actually 24 is a heavy um, line but yeah no but you know oregon are certainly in home openers uh against you know i don't want to besmirch nevada too much but cupcake kind of games uh oh, they certainly can... certainly do like to put up the points in those and i you know there's plenty of those ones back in the kelly area where they i remember them winning one 72 to nothing um yep. yeah you, yeah i'm sure the spread on that wasn't nearly close to that so yeah, they like to put up the numbers and, you know, and they certainly be looking to show because they probably be hurting a little bit after that one. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just hoping, yeah, I'm other just than hoping that, for you know, yeah, Herbert to uh, come out and have a good game. And yeah, I was a little bit worried seeing him get a knee knock in that game again and go looking hurt. So yeah, got to protect him. Yeah. That could, that could turn the season um, pear shaped pretty quick. But, um, other than that, like the slate's not great this week. Um, yeah, no, we're still waiting. We're still in that early season part where there's a lot of teams that have those schedules that have just got essentially a glorified preseason. Um, you know, with the occasional game, occasional game like we had against Oregon last week. So, yeah, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Nebraska at Colorado, the renewal of the rivalry. That's one of the games I covered last year. It was really, really close. Those two teams hate each other. The states touch. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's gonna be a thing the, now <laughs> yeah the big 12 days um nebraska fans hate colorado and it's i'm pretty sure it's like nebraska fans used to get their tires slashed and like spit on when they would go to boulder so well they've got weed there now so it might be maybe a bit more chill so no it's bad <laughs> it's bad there i know one person who lives there who's not cool so very not into that, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. Nebraska didn't look very good against South Alabama. Um, Are they still ranked at the moment? Twenty-five. So yeah, just then, <laughs> I, yeah. they fell a spot after like a fourteen-point win, but they barely beat South Alabama at home in a year where people are picking them to win the Big Ten, and it was the most predictable performance ever. And you know, obviously, I'm talking about this because I'm from there. Mm-hmm worked in the newspaper that covered them like religiously but it's actually kind of national news now because nebraska is always national news when they're ranked because Mm -hmm. you know they dominated college football in the 90s so 
there'll always be a thing like that with like Notre Dame, Michigan, kind of like we were talking about with LSU and Texas. So it, that game will be interesting to see how far Nebraska has come and how tempered maybe this hype should be about them winning. Because I think Wisconsin went to South Florida and beat them by like 40 points on the road, and Nebraska could barely beat a South Alabama team at home by 14 yeah. points. So why are they favored to win the West? I don't know. So it'll yeah. be an interesting litmus test. And while it's not a ranked matchup, it'll be a matchup of note, especially when Clemson starts to pull away from Texas A&M since they're at the same time. Yeah. So it'll be a nice, nice one to flip over to on Fox. Yeah. Um, for Pac-12 fans, Colorado. So yeah, litmus test for them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, obviously Colorado. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much to say about Colorado. They've had they've had some good moments in the last few years, but um, they're still just not quite there. So no, but yeah, like you said, rivalry, states touching, um, power ballads and all that. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, what's Notre Dame got on the schedule this week? Uh, bye. So oh, there you go. How do you th- <laughs> how do you think they go? What's the spread? <laughs> <laughs> Seventeen beers. No, I <laughs> um. I hate that. Like, I always hated that, like, in school, especially because it's, like, when you're in school, it's, like, before you get to the, like, really meaty part of, like, having to do, like, these big assignments and stuff, like, Mm. at least get in a couple, like, like, I at least got Liverpool, and we'll get to that on the second podcast, Mm. but, like, Liverpool versus Arsenal and um, Tottenham versus Arsenal, like, I at least got those in before big assignments, so it's, like, you can have fun before, like, without a weight weighing over you, I guess, Mm. but, uh, so now I don't really get that because yeah. <laughs> Notre on a bye and how is like a bye of two games into the season? Like I just I forget that they've got like often got like a different schedule than most, but it just yeah, seems Oregon's so early. weird. Yeah, that was way more fun. I love the West Coast schedule a lot more, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, international break and another Dame bye this weekend. So not not thrilled to n- <laughs> not have much to do. So I guess I'm just gonna. <laughs> Maybe I'll take this audio file and throw it into audition and get real weird with some uh, <laughs> some, <laughs> some effects and stuff. Some states touching power ballads. Let's do. That. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, get me in GarageBand. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll make us some beats. <laughs> awesome. Um, I guess like to finish, uh, we're gonna go on to some baseball in a sec, but uh, football news like just in the in the pro pros. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, about a couple of hours before recording finally signed. Uh, the holdout's over. He's gonna probably suit up for the Cowboys for Week One, I think. I, I assume he'd be. Doubt he plays, but yeah, he'll I, suit up. Yeah, suit up, and uh, they keep this. They reckon some people reckon he's still gonna get some snaps, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I guess it depends. What, <laughs> depends what they've got planned. Um, and you never know with the Jason Garrett team. So, but uh, obviously the Cowboys are much better with him. But uh, you know. We'll see. Um, it, he was always going to pay him. It's kind of like they were talking on the Simmons podcast. It's like Jerry Jones wants a Super Bowl before he dies. So yeah. he's gonna, and he's going to end up giving Dak whatever he wants next year. But it is kind of annoying. And, like, it is kind of surprising, while not surprising that they gave him the money, because it, I'm surprised they didn't see what their backup running back could do with the line that they have established down there, which is one of the best lines in the NFL, if not the best line in the NFL, just see what they could do and use that as a leverage tool against Ezekiel. Yeah. 
Well, you saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell last year with um, was it Connors? The yeah, that was so bizarre. Yeah. So like the like the, looking back, looking back at it is one of the weirdest things ever. Yeah. I mean, like he just—I don't know what to expect from him this season either. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm yeah, in Jets country. It kind of shows like the the um the uh, NFL the weird ways that it's broken because you had the great one of the great players in his prime sitting out for a year just because teams couldn't get together on a deal and you know there's still contracts in play and yeah um it's it, i'm glad elliot's gonna play because you know just as a purely as a fan um i i obviously have some issues with him as a his personal issues i'm i'm hoping that's just gonna uh hopefully he's matured and isn't going to be a dick to women and whatnot anymore but yeah that besides that um it, it is interesting that they've gone they have done it. Um, it feels like it's always something with him. So yeah, and when guys are like that, like Antonio Brown, like the public turns against you after a while. I think we talked about that last week. It's like if, I don't know. Yeah, and, where there's uh, smoke, there's fire, and like Ezekiel's thrown out a lot of a lot of smoke over yeah. the over the few years. So giving a guy like that fifty million, I think it's fifty guaranteed on a ninety million contract. Yeah, so. it is, which is huge. But yeah. I mean, that's just a lot for any running back these days because running backs have become so un, um, so underrated. So mm. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Undervalued. If you could edit that part out, that'd be great. No, just yeah. <laughs> running backs have be, become so undervalued that or overvalued that they're almost undervalued, yeah. if that makes sense. Like... Well, teams seem to be trying to... It was almost to... like you can line anybody up back there. Well, it's that's what like teams seem to be trying thing. to do, which the Patriots certainly do with theirs. They kind of... Yeah. You know, they, they they find some handy ones that really, like, you know, Blunt, they had twice yeah. as soon as he was, like, you know, due for money, just, like, see you later. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But, you know, James White has kind of become that guy that was a really good passing receiver at the Patriots and but doesn't make... You know, I, I don't even know what his contract is, but I'm sure it's not great, but... But the net, but these high-profile ones. But the th- it is interesting. I can't remember what I was listening to the other day. But they're talking about how the the running back is such a brutal position to play. That so yeah. your best years are usually your rookie contract years. So you're not getting paid fairly for probably what you're doing anyway. And it's just it's more a uh, a problem with the NFL system and how it creates its uh, its rookie contract scales. You know, obviously the guys that get drafted in the top ten get pretty good money because Elliot got pretty good money on his rookie contract relative to. Some others, um, I can't remember what Le- Bell's was in comparison, but yeah, it's um, it's a it's a hard one because Elliot may make some money towards the back end of his contract that he probably doesn't actually earn in in what he in his performances towards the end, but at the start of his contract, he's earned less than what he's probably uh, deserved. So it's it's, and we talk about this with baseball and all those sports that the way the contracts work, you know, the Kobe Bryant contract seemed like the that terrible contract at the end of his career seemed like more of a thank you contract than an actual performance based mm. one. So it's it's just sports, but it is it is an interesting deal. And but it, yeah, it means we get to see Elliot play the full season almost, depending on what actually happens this weekend. So and mm. it takes away a storyline that's just I holdout storylines just aren't fun really. So yeah, it just becomes like such like static background white noise. Like Le'Veon Bell last year, you're like yeah. oh he's still holding. And it's like any like little break in it, you're just like I don't care anymore. The season's going on. I'm watching games being played. Like I don't care about this guy anymore. Like the Steelers are still probably going to make the playoffs because James Conner is <clears throat> James Conner is a good running back, and I think 
that would have happened with the Cowboys too, but Jerry Jones getting older, wants to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Zeke and Dak are his best chance. Um, and it definitely sets the table for Dak getting, getting a lot of money. And I don't know if paying two players like that much money is going to be good for the ultimate long term. The, yeah. the winning a Super Bowl, like that's a lot of money tied up in those two guys. Yeah, not being the someone to hypothesize on people dying too much, but that <laughs> that team and franchise, if if all this money goes out the next couple of years, then Jerry Jones, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, drops dead, at, at which eventually just happens. It's life. But yeah, you know that. You know, if, all he, if all of it's been leveraged to him getting a Super Bowl before he dies, which you know may may happen and will make the Cowboys fans happy in the short term, but if that team gets, you know, Dak Prescott. I still haven't seen enough from him to think that he's worth any kind of money that the actual top quarterbacks get, which ironically, you know, the guys like Brady and stuff don't get don't get the money yeah. that they they realistically earn for their team. But yeah, it's um, well, Brady's a different. He's like an outlier, but that's yeah, well, having a mo- ha- having a supermodel wife that makes a shitload of money always helps. So yeah, yeah. way more than he does. So yeah. it's like yeah, and but, he and he'll make much money after he retires. Oh yeah, peddling his. I don't know. TV. What seems like a pyramid scheme <laughs> <laughs> is TB nutrition or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Look, if, it's, if, a T- if a TB12 salesman showed up on my do- doorstep, I would mortgage the house for yeah. it. So, <laughs> How do you feel about strawberries? Uh, smoothies are great. <laughs> well, you can't have them because it's nightshades. TB doesn't let you have nightshades. So, <laughs> I'll buy the book and read it then. That's fine. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Um, yeah, all right, so that's about it. I mean, Jared Goff got, that was the other big contract news that came through today, uh, a little bit more straightforward because it just was just done without any, any drama. Uh, the highest guaranteed money. He's been money to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Ezekiel and, hasn't. And he's done, he's been pretty no fuss at the Rams. He's a. Well, he's a, he's a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not smart. I don't think he's smart enough to complain. <laughs> Yeah, it always comes back to that hard knocks episode when from it was back in the Jeff Fisher days uh, when they were trying to ask him where the sun ri- sun sets in in California yeah. and he could not answer that question and yeah, Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers playing in the background and he's just not yeah. he's not figuring <laughs> it out. <laughs> but the dude's got a hundred million guaranteed, I think, is what it is on or on one, or one one hundred or one ten on one hundred thirty four million, which is it is. You know, it's we often talk about the brutal deals that NFL gets with so much money not guaranteed. So, you know, it's cool. Well, to I see. think Dak's aiming for a contract like that. Yeah, so which is kind of which Jerry Jones just must be looking at the Rams going, "You fucking assholes!" <laughs> but quite, Jerry Goff is better than Dak Prescott. Oh, absolutely. I but that's I think, Dak, like, Dak's I think that I think ninety five percent. Well, there's a lot of Cowboys fans in this country. Um, but. <laughs> I mean, and, God most, went to, and most of them tell you that Dak Prescott is Jesus until he's not in their team. So, yeah, um, I like golf. There's something to be said about just a big dumb football player, like who's good. <laughs> like I, well, yeah, it's, it's so a football player that's and uh, everything else he might be dumb, but in, in football he's just got it, and he he can he can be coached, um, which he's had to be coached a lot after basically be brainwashed out of the Jeff Fisher era. So. <laughs> Um, well, yeah. and it would be interesting to see another quarterback in McVay's system. Like, is you know, 
lot of like gets brought up about Brady being a system quarterback since a lot of quarterbacks <laughs> since a lot of Patriots backups could step into the into the into his shoes and not do as well but still like lead the Patriots to playoffs like Matt Castle did that one year and Jimmy G did a little bit. Didn't go to the playoffs though. Well they went ten and six, which is usually good enough for the playoffs. So they didn't go to the playoffs. <laughs> that, I think that was the year the the playoffs. Um I can't remember what I thought. But, yeah. Yeah, I I'd be interesting like to see like what Dak Prescott would do in McVay's mm-hmm. system. So, because Goff, what was is Goff better because he just got better from that first bad year with um, Fisher? Yeah, well, he didn't and even he didn't McVay even start, he didn't even he start just, that year, did he? With Fisher, he kind of came in four or five games in, and then just he looked terrible when he played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but then if you, if anyone's ever watched Jeff Fisher football over his career, then yeah. No one, no one looked good, and probably helped facilitate the team moving. So maybe it's a combination. Moving. So yeah, combination of the McVeigh and just him getting better in the system. Which, so. if we're actually all truly honest about football, that's what most football teams are. You know, Drew Brees doesn't win a Super Bowl, possibly if he's not just that perfect timing with Sean Payton. Like, there's a lot. You know, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers might have helped prop Mike McCarthy up a bit, but that team was pretty special at the time too. So it's. Yeah, and Tom. Yeah. Was, Tom well, there's was, a lot of detractors with yeah. Aaron Rodgers this season, and I'm just like, Aaron Rodgers is just like a type of quarterback I like watching compared to like, say, Tom Brady or like a, oh, Jesus. like a. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I understand what you. He's a, he's a he's a damn fucking fun quarterback to watch. Like if a Packers game, he's like a combo of Brett Favre and Tom Brady. Yeah, like because he throw those like sizzling passes, but he can also kind of like create. I'm just, and throw I'm just picturing like James Franco in um, Pineapple Express, like. <laughs> If those two got together and fucked and had a baby, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it would be Aaron yeah. Rodgers. <laughs> Definitely not the first time I've been compared to that character since that movie came out. But uh, <laughs> um, I think the Packers will have a good season. But and they play tomorrow. I guess that's why I'm bringing it up. But um, yeah, that's we can move away from NFL a little bit. We like. We're not pontificators when it comes to NFL. We're not going to tell you who to bet and stuff like that. You know, the season's new. Once we get a finger on the pulse a little bit, maybe we can talk about that. But yeah, it's fan, a brand new thing. I didn't watch any football, preseason so. football. Oh, fuck yeah. no. I mean, Tom Brady it's doesn't like even watch worse preseason than football. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like, the Raiders and the Packers played on an 80-yard field because they couldn't get the field right in Canada. And like, so none of the starters played. And it's just like... Okay, preseason football is such a waste of time. I get why it's necessary, but like maybe make it two games and like have the starters play a half a piece yeah. in both games and get rid of four games. So yeah, even dropping down to three games. Because I think there is some value, and like, I think the coaches find a lot of value in um getting their you know seeing what the bat what what the depth charts like and and obviously cutting the roster down as well. But yeah, the starters, you know, guys like Brady come out and take a few snaps and that's about it at this point like that's how yeah. they don't want to play much at all until the start of the season so um, the not worth season's it. proper and then you have you know Brady gets suspended for four games and he just comes back fresher and is still fine so yeah, yeah. particularly football with veterans it's just yeah the pre- preseason is it's not that important like I said for coaching it's probably very important but they're, they're Probably the NFL not, doesn't need to focus on it as much. Like AFL Australian football preseasons become a real backwater now because no one, everyone's kind of accepted. It's just, it's just pointless. It's good for coaching and stuff, but as far as pushing it to the fans, we don't, we don't give a shit about it until the season starts. So, yeah, yeah, 
Anyway, um, yeah, well, I think once we when we're back next week, uh, that we're after a, the opening weekend of games, we're going to have a lot more idea of. Yeah, you know, certainly. Overreaction, overreaction Wednesday or oh. Thursday for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. I'll be I'll be more than happy to do it because you know if the Patriots lose or something like that, then the media. I'm sure be, they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll only be probably the seventh time that I've heard that Brady's done in the last decade. So, yeah. Um, well, he did show huge signs of regression last year, and I don't think he was really the reason uh, that they won that Super Bowl. Oh, certainly. I not. think it was like a. I think it was a Belichick Super Bowl, honestly. So. Oh, we talked about it last week. I said that that Super Bowl is the one that Belichick's been wanting to win ever since he started coaching. The other five were fine, and he's certainly happy with them. But that's the one that he's gonna he's gonna sit there with his seventy year old ass and just rub one out <laughs> to that video. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. On his yacht, I mean, that, on his yacht that he has to keep repainting rings on because he's got that. He just keeps changing oh every God. couple of years. Um. Yeah. Hopefully that was the last one. <laughs> ah, look, if it is, then <laughs> it's everything's gravy at this point. I was, you know, after that Falcons one, I was thinking, God, what what deals have been done with the devil? And there's another one since, so whatever. Oh, that definitely has huge devil crossroads potential with mm-hmm. Belichick. Oh yeah. He also used to live in New York City. Devil's there, you know. The devil yeah. could have been there. <laughs> Bel- so. Belichick probably beat him in a game of fucking chess and is the devil now so anyway oh i like that <laughs> uh so that one gets a bad rap yeah yeah look he's coached my team to six super bowl so i'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> i guess you guys do play the steelers on sunday night you could possibly lose that game yeah no it's certainly but... a losable game like i, I, I just it, it'll be the one that you know i remember when we lost to kansas city in the opener after we won against the falcons was that that year yeah yeah um, that no. was kind of the ch- like Come out. We're here. We're ready. I, that was Alex Smith still, but it, that was the Chiefs. Like, hey, we're gonna be a power. For yeah, a well, bit. that was um no like one. them kicking the door in a little bit. So not that it's an name. Green Hunt's uh, ascension. Yeah, I was about so. to say his name, and then, but yeah, he's he's he, a little problematic now. Yeah, um, not even a chief anymore. So suspended. Uh, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we were gonna. We had baseball down as one of our main talking points, um, and then we talked about football for an hour, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, we. I'll just give you the the brief headlines. Yankees are good. The Cubs suck and make me miserable, but we'll still make <laughs> a wild card probably. Um, Yankees are the favorites right now. I'd say. Um, I honestly have only been paying attention to the NL for like the past month because the Cubs have fallen out of first place in the Central. Mm-hmm. And into second place in the wild card. So you're only th- you're only three games. And off the Yankees, yeah, yeah. You're three games th- back of the cards. So. And you've got seven games to play. This I've I did a bit of reading beforehand, which is quite surprising. Seven against the cards, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've done more. I've done more pre-class reading for this than I did for any classes in college, probably. But yeah, no, I was a history major. I had to read a lot. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you've got like a, a four game series at Wrigley and then a three. A, is it a three game series to finish out the regular season at the Cards? It's either that or close to that. It's yeah. like either the last or the first in that trash heap of a city. But good night, Cards. Though I'm not <laughs> a big. I'm not highly confident on it, but. The reason I haven't paid attention to the AL that much is because it's just been like the Yankees have just slaughtered this season. Like 
there's never in, really anybody in contention. I know the AL wild card super interesting, like between the Rays, the A's, and I can't think of that third team right now. But um, it's not Boston. But is it Minnesota? No, are they? It might be Minnesota or yeah. Cleveland. They're in a dog oh, fight. Cle- in Cleveland are in there but... as well, certainly. Yeah, Minnesota might be leaving. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, and then the Astros running away with the AOS. So well, the gonna... NL is a little bit more interesting. I mean, the Braves have run away with the East but mm. uh, and the Dodgers with the West, but the Central remains one of the most competitive divisions in baseball. And, you know, the Brewers are still – we're still kind of in it. Um, the Cubs have a four-game set with them in Wrigley Field North this weekend, so that'll be big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, my, fir- my first and only Cubs game at Wrigley was against the Brewers, so that was, yeah, it's a, it's a fun rivalry. I hate the Brewers <laughs> so much. I can't. Like, oh, I no, you're not, like you're not alone from all I the people. I the yeah, the, um, yeah, the fans at Wrigley were in. Yeah, certainly had nice words to say for anyone walking through the Braun jersey that night, so, yeah. Yeah, and I was like... I've gotten to the point where my like sports fandom is just like I want my team to win. I'm not trying to argue with people about sports anymore, though. Or like, like I'll like playfully jest, but I'm not gonna be mean to people. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Like one of our one of our cohorts um, from the Oregon days was trying to talk trash this weekend on Twitter, and I was like, man, I'm not engaging in a Twitter fight (laughs) like (laughs) about my favorite sports teams. The Cubs won the World Series in 2016. It was maybe one of the biggest title wins by any team ever. Yeah. So I'm not gonna compare that to little penguins titles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Like yeah. I don't care. And he's gonna he's gonna listen to this. And he know he I I engaged because I've just won a Champions League and a Super Bowl. And well, you it. have um. <laughs> I have more to lose, so to say, yeah. in doing it. Like. Yeah, no, I, I, luckily, luckily he decided to bring that up at the, the perfect time for me because, you know, Liverpool before this year hadn't had the greatest decade, but, you know, it's, you know, yeah. when you win the Champions League, it kind of makes up for decades multiple. But anyway, he, he did, he, he admitted that it was Sierra Nevada uh, enabled heckling, which we've all been there. Yeah. We've certainly been there to each other at times. Yeah, maybe it's just because I'm a little bit more sober these days. But <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to do this stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah, Twitter's a cesspool. And I'm like, I wasn't super mad when, like, that Auburn touchdown happened in the final seconds until, like, I saw the Auburn fans going crazy, and I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't like that. I was mad, and I, then I had to go out and do a customer service job right after that, and talk to an yeah. idiot of a customer, and I just it took all of my willpower to not punch someone in the face. <laughs> yep, I got that rant. It was a good one. Yeah, timer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, that was a bit of a blur, but anyway. Um, yeah. Ba- oh, we were talking about baseball. Uh, yeah, the Astros. So you were talking about yeah the AL not and not having too much focused on it, and the Yankees. Yeah, look, the Yankees are fucking great. Um. <laughs> they were great last year too if they just ran into the red sox and they yeah. won't have that problem this year but, I but then they might run into the astros the astros, the astros verlander's just fucking like having you know he had he had the start of his career and then he kind of went downhill for a bit um which was probably just you know kate up and probably ties him out of a tiny bit but then he refocused when he got the astro and jesus christ like i mean obviously the dodgers the dodgers started with a sore point for my immediate, my immediate family um, in that in that year, but Verlander was fantastic, and he's continued to be in the Cy Young candidate probably, and 
Yeah, and, surprisingly, and, and, up there too. So. Yeah, and considering the Astros have a good offensive players as well, obviously the the pitching. They're insane. Yeah, the pitch. The fact that they've got such a balance on both is, uh, yeah, they've every chance at a World Series. Um, yeah, and I worry about like the Yankees couldn't get past Boston last year. They were kind of their Achilles heel. They're not in it. But how do these? You know, the Yankees have some guys without a lot of postseason experience. You know, like say in and or ALCS yeah. experience. How's Judge gonna play? How's Stanton gonna play? Um, you know, just every you know they have kind of a young team and a team that gets hurt a lot. So yeah. I mean, Judge, <laughs> Judge was there in the um the C uh, ALCS. Two years, well, yeah, the last one against the Astros where it went to seven, yeah, and essentially okay. Just, I don't, yeah, I'm foggy, but Stan, <laughs> Stanton obviously wasn't, and a lot of the rest, of, yeah, um, yeah, and Judge wasn't. Oh, there's it was, yeah, that was actually a classic home and home series because essentially home field just decided that one, but um, yeah, I, well, I, I think I, 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 I certainly worry about the Astros because I just, and like I said earlier, pessimistic sports fan, I automatically. Assume we're going. I'm going to lose until I win. Um, See, so. I'm always the other way. I don't know. I like never think Arsenal or Notre Dame are going to lose. It's like this, and I always think the Cubs are going to lose. I'm so quietly that's... confident inside, but I'm not the type of person to boast. Like until I get there, you know. Like <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't crying until the you know the Arigi, second Origi goal went in. I was just assuming Tottenham yeah. were going to equalize at some point in that game. So yeah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, yeah, the AL I think is um, a battle between the Yankees and the Astros to me, but like I think that'll be the championship series, and mm. it, I I can make a case for the Yankees certainly because I think they they really uh, the one thing that's coming into play at the moment is Giancarlo Stanton hasn't been a factor at all this year. Um, he's hitting again. He's probably on in at the point where they're going to start trying to think about whether they find a place for him in the lineup, and then what does that do mm. to the rest of the lineup of a team that has has been pretty good for most of the year. And, um, yeah, Encarnacion just came back in there as well. And he, he just he hit like that. That was a big pickup. Yeah. So it's going to be offense against pitching, but I do think – so if you – because the Astros have just the, the best staff in baseball. But mm. if you flip it, the Astros offense against the Yankees – so that's a wash. Yeah. Great pitching versus great hitting. Wash. But if you tag on the Astros having great hitting against the Yankees – Good, mediocre to good pitching. Yeah, then that's, that's where, where that's they would have the advantage. Yeah, but Yankees would have home field advantage, I think. Uh, I think they do at the moment, but it's close. It's um. Yeah, they have a one game lead. Yeah, on. it's it's very close. So that's um that's probably the race at the moment. Actually, is a uh, uh certainly between them and and the Dodgers in the NL as well to work out who's at. If you're gonna, if you just put it at um Dodgers Astros. Yankees as the three teams are the, by far and away the best records at the moment. You know, there's the battle between the NL and the Yankees, Astros, and then the Dodgers, and then there's just the battle between the Astros and the Yankees as to who will have the home field in the um, AL as well. So, Yeah, the Dodgers are only a half game back, but mm. I don't know. I just think the World Series champ is going to come out of the AL again. Yeah, so. which is... Uh, and it could be the Dodgers' third straight <laughs> loss in the... <laughs> In the World Series, yeah, they're gonna be the, become the new Buffalo Bills. Oh God, Andrea is gonna just cry when she hears this. <laughs> I don't like the Dodgers, so I'm yeah. fine with it. Oh, but, like uh, I said, I'm, they're my second team basically because I'm married to yeah. a Dodgers fan, and and you know I do like I I 
being to a fair few Dodgers games now, and it's a fun night out. You know, it's LA, LA yeah. Sun, and the shitload of beer, and and a great and a, gra- and a great historic stadium, and it's just the just yeah, it's a great stadium and a great night out, and and I do like a lot of the Dodgers, like um, big fan of Cody Bellinger, obviously, and we were over there watching when he started, and yeah, it, and there's a lot of guys there who want to see, you know, Kershaw needs to have a good postseason once finally but you know there's and they've got and the, you know they've got a good pitching lineup there too uh, and i just think like they're not they're like right below the yankees and the astros yeah like, in a tier by themselves mm-hmm. but like so yankees astros tier one dodgers tier b yeah so maybe do you think the dodgers- <laughs> wait tier <laughs> <laughs> tier two, <laughs> tier one and a half, tier yeah. one and a half, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I one BC I mean, their experience at the World Series back to back years. Though. It'd be interesting yeah. to see Granky pitch against the Dodgers though, cause he, and it'll be interesting to see Granky pitch against um, New York if he has to pitch in New York because he's not a. Yep, there he is. Yeah, I was just saying, I think I have a Granky bobblehead back here somewhere. So, not the, yeah, again, audio medium, but I am holding his Zach Granky so Dodgers. Andrea will smash that if they play in the uh, World Series and he beats <laughs> them for the Astros. <laughs> yeah. But he has he doesn't pitch that well in big games in, um, in big cities. So, New York is a tough test for him, and L.A. will probably be a tough test for him. Yeah, so on the road. Going, yeah, on the road against your old team. Uh, L.A. crowd is a good crowd and, and a vocal one. <laughs> so, yeah. For the World Series, probably, yeah. yeah. I don't know how great they are during the season. Uh, one of the, got one of the highest attendances, average attendances in the, the league. Like it's they just don't show up until the fourth inning. <laughs> <laughs> LA traffic. And leave in the seventh. LA traffic <laughs> so, is a fucking kind of a thing. So. <laughs> yeah. It was, I, uh, again, friend of the pod, Brad, went, me and Andrea went to a Giants-Dodgers game with him a couple of years ago, and his, his clutch was burning as we were trying to get to the game just because of traffic, uh-huh. and he just said, you know, it's the same car he had. Oh, and I've driven with him before. It's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, obviously his manual was, a, a, you know, a stick shift was a fine idea in Oregon, and in LA traffic, I think he's, he's realized it's, uh, he, he said that night himself, he said, it's just doesn't work because he's just riding the clutch all the time and it was lit i could smell something to do at least yeah (laughs) yeah smell the car slowly burning i know know what the clutch burning smells like from years of working on a farm and you're always riding the clutch so yeah anyway give me such a headache that smell for some reason that clutch oh yeah no it does and especially it's a double double whammy headache because you're getting the sensory headache and then the fact that you're like oh fuck my clutch is fucked there's money so yeah Um. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if you did. You want to rant about the Cubs anymore? I mean, Darvish is back soon, isn't he? Like, is that something? I don't know. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just like devolving back into like what I grew up with, and you know, just the lovable losers. And like, yeah, they'll make the wild card game for the second straight year, but we'll probably have to go against Scherzer. At Washington at Nationals Park, which we actually have had a, you know, we knocked out the Nationals a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, in their park. And this season we played pretty well there, but going against Scherzer in a one-off isn't exactly exciting. So, yeah, well, that's that's those one-off games are certainly a certainly a fucking and the Nats, yeah, I mean. The Cubs lost to the fucking Rockies last year in a one-off game after losing a one-off game to the Brewers for the division. So, 
both games at Wrigley. So I'm not super into the one-off games. I'm yeah. more into winning the NL Central right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, those seven games against the Cardinals will be huge. So what percentage chance do you give them of winning the NL if just putting it out to you now? Like, what, where, where, how? like go to the World Series? No, oh, sorry, winning the NL Central, sorry, division. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 35%. So, well, right. What's the World Series percentage then? Like going to it. 10. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like there's a tiny, tiny, tiny chance, but it's kind of like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance. Um, I think right now, if I think the NL Central plays the I don't know how – I just looked at it, and I can't remember. I think the wild card winner plays the Braves since they have the best – no, they play the Dodgers. So then the NL Central would play the Braves. Mm-hmm. And I'm not as worried about the Braves as the Dodgers just because they're super – the Braves are super young. Obviously a really talented team, um, but young pitchers, young starting lineup. You know, lost to the Dodgers in the NLDS last year. So yeah, not a ton of experience. In it and the Cubs have before last year the Cubs had gone to three straight NLCSs so they're a veteran team with and picking up Castle Castellanos was huge for us so yeah. we'll see. Um, so one more. Th- uh, let me just open up this link now so I can get the quotes up properly. Uh, this is like half a baseball story, half a basketball story. But did you see the uh, Liam Hendricks quotes about the Oak, the Warriors and Warriors and the? I did. Oh. You'll have to. You have to let me know. So basically, like, like um, he had an interview with it's the Athletic. It says it's a complex article that I'm reading from, but it was the interview was with the Athletic, and Liam Hendricks basically said the Warriors sucked, and he's glad they're leaving Oakland because basically he said when the when the Warriors sucked and the A's were good, the A's would give them tickets. When the Warriors became good, they decided to cut all ties and become assholes. So no no love lost for them leaving. Um, he said I got. He said basically there was once he was once told that his player his status as a player on the athletics means less than that of an average Warriors fan. I got told that I'm not as important as a player for the A's as a fan for the Warriors is. He wouldn't let us out of the car lot. We were trying to get out and he wouldn't let us out. So basically him as a player for the Oakland A's could not get out of the parking lot because they were giving preference to Warriors fans. So a, yeah, I mean, a, a, me- a messy divorce in Oakland over there, like with the yeah, Warriors leaving. I mean, it's just kind of the United States right now. Baseball is not, especially in Oakland, is not going to be a, a big seller. Which know? sucks being, being the A's are again having an okay year for, you know, a team that's just. Yeah, they have the second wild card, I think, yeah. right now. And they're going to play the Rays, who they could easily beat, and then yeah, they're, they're in the playoffs. The series like, against the Yankees, they've been smoking it. We won the last one, uh, this one this weekend, but before that, they've been fucking smoking us. Yeah. So. They swept you guys, didn't they? Uh, yeah, the a, a week and a half ago we had a series at Oakland. I think, yeah, yeah. but uh, we we beat them two out of three this weekend. At, in the, in I guess Oakland is tied with Cleveland for that uh, second wild card spot, but mm-hmm. they're only a game back of Tampa Bay, so yeah. like, they'll probably make it in some capacity. And I don't know, like, I don't even know anyone on their team, like Stephen Biscotti, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, the, the first I, the first A's game I watched the other the, the other the other day was when they played the Yankees and <clears> and that and then the you know they they're beating us and the commentators are talking about this run they've had the last couple of months. I'm like, holy fuck, the A's are somehow good again, and it defies belief because that team should just be trash every year. Be, 
with you know the way that you know obviously everyone knows the movie but and the book that you know it's, it's yeah, brett anderson not good but somehow good homer bailey who is terrible but is actually pitching well this season <laughs> he could have done that for my fantasy team five years ago that would be nice yeah like yeah. it's just like money ball all over again <laughs> i don't know any of these players like i'm oh, oh jerks and pro jerks and pro far is pretty good Chris Davis is okay, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's a ragtag story. It's the Island of Misfit Toys again. It should get way more attention than it does. It's yeah. Like money balls. But. Yeah, but then, like like that article said, they just, they're not even as important as the Warriors were. So, or Warriors fans. It's not just the Warriors. It's the fact that that's what was, you know, y- usually teams are so, and, you know, the Warriors are leaving for San Francisco, so whatever. But usually teams are so that are together in the same area do a lot to try to be together. But yeah, sounds like sounds like there's no love between them for the last couple of years, really. From that, so well, a lot of those Warriors fans are like Silicon Valley douchebags who are like billionaires or millionaires, like yeah, multi-millionaires. So like that's why they get the preferential treatment because they have more money than Oakland A's entire pitching staff, probably. Yeah, well, from what I can gather but from even just the Warriors. The true the Warriors fans that have probably been there for the last forty years, a lot of them aren't even that happy with the team at the moment because they they feel left behind as well. So that's a subject for another pod as the train. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think that means it's time to wrap this one. Yeah, <laughs> we do have plans for some big NBA pods in the next month once the season gets closer and do some previews and whatever. But uh, yeah, like I said, <laughs> another pod. But and I think just yeah. feels too far out right now. Yeah, um, well, I haven't. Even, I got. I still got to set up a fantasy league. That's how far out it is. So. <laughs> oh, we got plenty of time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, we'll probably talk a bit more baseball as it gets closer and we start. Yeah, focusing a bit more on it. But once the playoff picture becomes a little bit clearer, yeah, I guess it is clear. But like, we'll lock down those matchups. Who has home field? Um. Mm-hmm. Who has. You know, potential matchups, stuff like that. Yeah, well, I'll probably do what I do every year, which is like get the baseball league pass now because it's a shitload cheaper and it's when I'm actually going to start watching baseball. And it's usually when I, I suddenly become half an expert again, which is no, no, I'm never an expert. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the, go ahead. I said um for no goddamn reason. So <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you're not going to get a lot from the Yankees over this this final month. Um, they're probably they'll probably coast. I mean, they're only like nine games away from winning a hundred, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll hit that mark. Yeah, really, the race so. there is just who's going to who's going to get the home field, like, as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Before, so. And it's yeah. a big deal playing in Houston or New York, probably. So. Yeah, and and as well as whatever team gets through the World Series too. So that might be yep. what swings it for the Dodgers if the Dodgers going to have a chance. They might want to try and get that. Anyway, we're going to record another one in a second, a completely different sport. Um, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until then, because you were listening to this on a pod and this one's ending, stay sportsgasmic. T. Tea.